Hello and welcome to the Crypt Keepers podcast. This is our first one in a while, a bit of a hiatus, but I'm back with um, Jason Splodge, formerly known as. Formerly known as, still known <laughs> as in some circles. Uh, and, well, Dave and Cooper aren't here because sadly they went on a prototype on an airship and were lost in the Bermuda Triangle, so we hope they're safe return very soon. So, Jace, what have you been up to? Well, since I was last on the show, I've been to New York Comic Con, which is... Uh, a yearly pilgrimage, though I think this year could be my last for a while. I want to give it a rest. How come? It's I, it's getting a bit too big, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And the first few I went to were, it, it was easy to get tickets, and it, it I, I, I wouldn't say intimate because it's still a big convention. Yeah. yeah. But you, you still felt like you were part of it. Now, I mean. It, it just seems like a massive media event. And yeah. A lot of people jump on bandwagons, though, don't they? So you oh get a lot yeah. of people there that yeah. don't really... They just go there because their mates are like, oh, do you want to go to this? And they don't really yeah. like anything, which and is shite. You know, they'll they'll go around. Though the plus point I must I must get in there is I met John Carpenter's wife. Yeah, he did. Absolutely gushed. <laughs> I, 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 I freely admit I would I would have been a human carpet for her. And I got to shake Roger Corman's hand. You did? Which, oh, yes, which is... Y- that actually made the entire weekend for me, meeting those two people. Um, it was it was a quite an interesting chat with John Carpenter's wife. She gave me a few interesting um, uh, bit, bits <coughs> of information for behind the scenes because it was only a few weeks after I got back from New York I saw John Carpenter himself yeah. in concert in his, his Release the Bats tour, which was absolutely fantastic. I would say people go and see him, but he's not touring anymore, so if you missed him, tough, it was ace. Um, and Roger Corman at 93, he still knows how to make films to offend people. You, uh, you got as a signed Roger Corman poster, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. for the Death the Race 2050, yeah. which is the official Death Race sequel, which comes yep. out next year. We got to see the first 10 minutes of it, and boy, it looks just like the original. It's the same, it's, it's, it's in the same style as small cars, but it's right. very much in the tradition of the original as well. It's just jam packed full of dodgy humor. Um, Political subtext, but it's got a lot of, of gore and boobs in there. From yeah. what we've been told, you know. Did you um? Because you're into your pops, as oh anyone yes, that knows yeah. you very well. Did you pick up any interesting ones, any limited edition ones, or anything? Yes. Well, 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 fortunately, I, I I only found out over there that um, there's a is it Hot Topic? It's an American yeah. company, Hot Hot Topic, and they get um, because they're a big enough company, they can put in an order and they get some unique pops through. And I picked up the. Um, <laughs> a child just went past me <laughs> through the window. Um, I picked up the Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, top, right. which was it's it's mostly that's one with the blue markings in it because yeah, that's a copycat yeah. killer in it in the yeah, movie. It's, 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 well, he's he's got a latex yeah. mask oh under his mask, which, which makes strange. no sense yeah, at all. It's, um, I mean, I mean that and by and large is just a repaint. But I got a, another pinhead where he has his arms folded across his chest from Hellraiser Three, which that I'm particularly chuffed about. It glows in the dark as well. I <laughs> when I turn the light off, like a big kid, mate. Because um, yeah. the original pinhead pop, he's holding the he's puzzle holding box, the, and yeah, it. Yep, the lament of variation. The Cube of Death, we'll call the it. The Cube of Death, yeah. Cube of Death. Yeah, um, have you seen that they've released the Unmasked Jason Voorhees oh, pop? It was, I think that was the San Diego Comic-Con yeah. 2015 exclusive. Right. And 
the the only one that was actually but because I'll hunt for them and I will pay money for them. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a bit of a completist, but I wasn't paying $150 in a damaged box. Wow. Because I'm I'm I do like to open some things, but the pops because I love the artwork on them and everything. Yeah, yeah. And the boxes look nice as well, don't they? They stack really well. Yeah, it has to be said. If you get them two or three high, that the, the boxes don't deform, and I'll use and I'll put other things on top of them which are light and all that. So you make your own like desk or something out of oh, pops. Oh yes, <laughs> I, have, I have my nerd cave where I go and immerse myself in nerdy things. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? That's very. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, does anything else happen now? Anything more interesting? Did you get anything? Any more collectibles or anything? It's, it, it was. It is. I, I brought some stuff back for the uh, fellow cast members here. T shirt. Um, I've got my t shirt on now. Yes, my Troma t shirt. Bought from the official Troma stall. Yes. Of, of, officially touched by the hands of Tromaites. <laughs> or whatever they're called. Lloyd Kaufman wasn't there, was he? No, no. no he, Sadly. He's, he's been there a few years and I've, 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 I've spoken to him on a few occasions. He's a ve- he's very nice and very accommodating. You were mentioned he was at the Abattoir, didn't you? From yeah, yeah. Near us, um, yeah. Since I've been on last, and they, they, they've had the Abattoir Film Festival, hopefully one of my another one of my friends will be coming on because he went to it and he'll he'll chat ch- chat to us about it. But um, it was I think it was the first time I spoke to him in New York. He said, "Oh, where are you from?" And I said, "Wales." He goes, "I've been to Wales," and I thought, "Yeah, surely." And he went, "Oh, Aberystwyth." And I, the fact that he could pronounce <laughs> Aberystwyth, I went, "Oh, Abattoir," and he just clicked on me there. And most there. Uh, most British people can't pronounce Aberystwyth. Let alone Americans. Let's face it, only Deep Hills Welsh people yeah. can, can say our names properly. Right, as as a f- uh, fellow movie buff, Jason, have you watched anything that you can recommend? Or um, just tell me what you've watched, really. Right. Over the last week, funnily enough, um, last week I watched Darling for the first time. Right. And since then, I've watched a couple of other the the, um, the lead in it, Lauren Ashley Carter, who is absolutely spectacular in Darling. It's um, it's it's essentially only an hour and fifteen minutes long, and it's in black and white, and it's just the right side of art house, I would say. It's um, it, it's you're not quite sure by the end of it, not not in a baffling way as in what's going on, but there's there's an awful lot of plot threads, easy to follow, but it's it you're seeing someone unwind slowly. And then something quite spectacular happens, which is very unpleasant. I'm being vague here as to, to no spoilers, and then <laughs> it all wraps up. People know us too well, Jake. We're very big spoilers on this show. All I'll say is watch for the kitchen knife. <laughs> it's pretty unpleasant. Yeah. And um, as a result, I, I, I didn't realise um, a couple of years ago she starred in Jugface. In fact, she's the, li- well, she's the lead in Darling and Jugface. And right. she's brilliant in both of them. Two radically different characters. Jugface, I can hardly recommend for anyone to watch. Essentially, about it, it, it would be easy to call them backwoodsmen or hillbillies, but but they're essentially just a rural community right. out out in the woods in America. They are they are quite close to a town because you see them going to towns an awful lot, and they <coughs> it, it looks like they make a lot of their money by selling moonshine to the local businesses, you know, because people like their spirits over there. But the the one very strange thing is they keep on worshiping the pit as they call right, it, okay. the pit, which is out in the woods. Are they metalheads? Because most metalheads also worship the pit. Yes. Now, <laughs> I've been in a lot of mosh pits in my time, and the last last two times I've dislocated my right knee as being in mosh pits. Oh, I would rather go in a mosh pit than the pit yeah. in the I film. I broke my nose three times in a mosh pit. Twice because of Woody. You know Woody, don't you? Probably if I saw him. Yeah, he broke my nose twice. It was a, it's a friendly break, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, friendly. I still, I still speak to him now. <laughs> yes. No malice in that. Yeah, no, no, I still love him. <laughs> um, um, uh, 
one of my old friends from back in the this is going back twenty five years when when, when pits had real men in them. <laughs> I did. I had a, a mate who broke his nose practically every time he went to the old Wrexham War Memorial kit, oh, and he now has a permanent mark across his yeah. nose that he wears with pride. So that's that as a man, that as a man, a living legend. That that's a very bad stage diving. That is, yeah. seems like a good idea at the time, but it hurts <laughs> when you hit that floor. Uh, I've, I've never done stuff. Obviously, me being a, a larger gentleman, I wouldn't really want to jump off a bar on top yeah, of people. Y- y- yeah, but my my, my my experiences of pits and stage diving in general, so long as you consider it, and the accepted thing is to either belly flop out or go backwards. Don't yeah. go feet first. Don't put your fists out. People will catch you because you've got to think there's about five or six people catching you. You know, so ah, true, I'm, yeah. Chad, I'm not saying you're big, but I've seen bigger people than you fly off that stage and and just wonderfully be caught and crowd surfed. Well, I'm, I might give it a go next time. <laughs> no, my luck. I'll just jump onto one person and be done for murder at some point. <laughs> I've seen that happen. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else on the list, or is that is all we got got for us? I'm a, I'm trying to think now. I watched um, another film with Lauren Ashley Carter called The Mind's Eye, which was right. only last night. And um, that was made last year, and that wasn't so good. Um, no? I'm not. I'm not sure because it was budget. Um, it was. It, it come across as a as kind of too much of a bad homage to Scanners. And I know the guy likes his Cronenberg films who made it because the actual title sequence is Channel 83, which anyone who knows, and e- even the same logo as anyone who's watched Video Drone, the Channel yeah. 83 thing like that and um, she was great in it and funnily enough in those two other films I mentioned Larry Fessenden who I met in New York right. at a, a horror panel who's a he's a writer director producer actor um, he's been in loads of films he's he starred in all the other films um, he he again is in the mind's eye you know uh, again that, that they're all brilliant but there was just there was something about the mind's eye which it wasn't as good as Jugface or Darling which um, it, it I, I I kind of get the feeling that the guy was also punching above his budget because he wanted yeah. to have these psychokinetic effects and you could tell people were just throwing objects from another side or flipping a table and people were getting shocked. My God, he can move a table. Right, that's where I've been watching. What have you been watching, Chad? I watched Black Mountain, like you've been recommending for many moons now for me. It's quite a grim film, isn't it? Yeah, it's very The Thing-esque, which mm. made me happy. It wasn't obviously it wasn't as good as The Thing, because oh, yeah. that film's the best. Uh, bestest. <laughs> yeah, so I really did enjoy it, though. I enjoyed the... Um, the shadow in that was speaking to him, like the dark, it was like a deer head thing, wasn't it? I, it was I, I think what it's meant to be is the Wendigo, because that's the, yeah. uh, that's the popular form of the Wendigo. Right. Um, which is the... Um, I d- it's it's a an, it's a Native American Canadian folklore thing. It's meant to it's, I think like the spirit of cannibalism and hunger and stuff like that. It generally appears or possesses people who've eaten human flesh, but it it can take a multitude of forms. Right. Apparently, like a big deer person or a big moose person is one of the popular forms. So, so you you know when I was watching it, I I wasn't confused, but I just thought I got questions that need answering. Yeah, yeah. you know I asked you. Was were they really seeing that, or was that just the virus fucking with him? Well, that's. I, I thought that was the beauty of it. Is that yeah. it, it, it was. It, don't watch it if you're looking for like concrete answers. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you it's don't get them. <laughs> it's it's kind of like what I was saying about Darling earlier. It 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 gives you some very clear plot threads. Yeah, and you're thinking it could be one of them, or it could be all of them that they've just witnessed. Um, but it's uh, it's the atmosphere going along, and it's it's this. I I, I think especially w- well, well more so with Black Mountain side was that the helplessness, the very fact that they yeah. weren't sure what they were fighting. 
you know. I well, the fact that they're the, they're the 90 miles from the nearest outpost and they're the forest in the north, aren't they, as yes. well? You're just like, fucking hell. Because um, the first people to go missing was their... Like helpers from the yes. reservation, yeah. wasn't it? From, well, they like, ran for it though, didn't they? Well, so, yeah, so. but they ran in the wrong direction. They, ra- they <laughs> yes. ran north and they were meant to run run yeah. south, didn't they? Which I thought I was just like, ah, oh, fucking hell. Because you think if they ran the right way, like they were meant to, they could have got help, but they didn't. Could they? It, or were they infected? Oh, or did the moose man get them? Yeah, <laughs> at the, at the I've got so day. many questions. They need answering. That final scene though. <sighs> Oh, down killed by a man trap. Yeah, or a bear oh, trap. I just it was it was good film. Yeah. If I if I was gonna give that Yorkshireman, I'd give it a good four because it was yeah. a good, especially not scene I loved when that bloke walks up to the the cabin, you know, the one on the hill, but yeah. I bet walks in there and he's looking through the cupboards and he turns around and that bloke's just sitting there, he's cut off his own hand like nothing's happened and he's like, <laughs> "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Oh, but, so um, the way everything kicks off is that. It's atmosphere, atmosphere. Then all of a sudden they run in with the guy and they have to amputate his arm, don't well, they? Well, yeah. And it just that thing's like it's yeah. like a like a not reminded me of that scene from the Mummy with the beetle going up his arm. Oh yeah, yeah. It just yeah. reminded me of that, like a scarab in it going up yeah. his arm. It's really weird. An evil virusy thing. Yeah. No music in it as well, which no, I, I, I thought added yeah. to the atmosphere. It was yeah, I thought that was really good. I was saying that. Bleak. Yeah, yeah it's really uh, very, very, very bleak. I don't film. think it would have worked. It doesn't work in a lot of movies not having music, but yeah. it worked really well in Black Mountain. Yeah, or Black Mountain Tides, as it is also known here. Yeah. It's one uh, of the two titles. <laughs> yeah, I know because like um, Peter Jackson's um, Brain Dead's also Brain known Dead. as Dead Alive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually got to see, if not. The British premiere, one of the very first showings in a horror film festival back really? in 19, I think it was late 92, that because uh, me and my friend Dave, who you know, yep. um, we used to go to, we, we actually met going to these horror film festivals called Black Sundays in right. Ashton Underline. And the last one, and normally these horror film festivals, they'd start 12 o'clock Saturday night and they'd run through till 6 o'clock Sunday evening and we'd right. see 10 horror films. And we saw some wonderful films in there. Um, we actually got. Um, I mean, because they were like a, a, a festival's a private sitting. They yeah. Sitting. They that they wouldn't have to get. Um, they could show films without certification. So we actually got to see Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, uncut in the cinema. No way. Um, we got to see things like um, I think it was like the world premiere of I, I bought a vampire motorcycle, and there was a. <laughs> it's it's a horror comedy from the right. um, from the early nineties. It's it's got. It's it's got the pleasure of having Anthony Daniels playing the priest that tries to exercise said vampire motorcycle. Okay, and it's got a it's got a turd toilet joke which will haunt so, you. So so sorry sorry. Let's go back a second. The motorcycle's the vampire. It's possessed by a vampire that's, spirit. That's fucking crazy. I bought a vampire motorcycle. It's a true film. Check it. How many Yorkshiremen out of five? Uh, you see, I'd actually probably give it two and a half. It's, that's not it's, a bad. That's not a bad yeah. rating. That's not a bad yeah, rating. It's it's it's, it, it's it's an idea, and I'd seen the clip. Yeah. The, the toilet scene clip. Okay. Early on, and that's one of the highlights of the film. I'll tell you who it's got as well. Oh, who used to be in a Minder played Miner's friend Neil something. Oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Though, but but he played the lead in it. <coughs> Um, it's it's a decent British horror comedy from the early nineties. Um, what else did we get to see? God, um, we got to see like I think it was like Flatliners and Predator Two before Flatline. Peter Jackson film Flatliners. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. No, no, you're thinking of um, oh the Frighteners. Um, Flatliners, Kiefer Sutherland, the didn't Kiefer it? Su- yeah. Oh, it was directed by Joel Schumacher. Ironically, the remake's coming. Yeah, and Kiefer Sutherland's involved in the remake as well. Wasn't Kevin Bacon in it? 
Yeah, Kevin Bacon, yeah. Julia Roberts as well. I'm aching for some bacon. Um, aching for some bacon. Funnily enough, apparently he's returning to the Tremors TV series. Really? Yeah, go oh, Kev Bacon. Gotta be, got be worth watching. I like Kevin Bacon. He's thrown his oar in. He said he'd like to give Freddy Krueger a shot. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, he's, you see. Yeah, that yeah. could work. I've, um, yes, we'll go on. I've watched yeah. a few of them over the past few days, to be honest with you. Yeah. I've been watching. But the um, the last ever Black Sunday we went to, it was a Saturday afternoon special, which it went from 12 o'clock till 6 o'clock. We had, we had four films on that Saturday afternoon. Right. And the four films on that Saturday afternoon was Cool World, which if you've never seen Brad it. Brad Pitt, it's early, early Brad yeah. Pitt with Kim Basinger. Then we got um, Reservoir Dogs, right. which was about four months before this British release. And then we got Brain Dead. And then we got the British, I think it was the British premiere, or it was, it was definitely an early screening of Candyman. Tony Todd. Tony yeah, Todd. Very good, very well. Yes, very good, very good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm quite jealous of that, to be honest. You know, I'm thinking about it, I thought, I thought, lucky bastard. God, you weren't even born. I, I wasn't, that was three years before I was born. Um, <laughs> We had a time machine. Yeah, so I had a time machine. I've all, I also watched uh, yesterday actually with well before Dave got lost in the Bermuda Triangle on his plane. Um, I watched a Christmas horror story. Have you watched that yet? No, I, I hadn't even heard of it until he watch got it. It's, it is really it's an anthology movie. Oh, and even best. It it's really good. Everything about it's good. Some good twists and that. But there's one thing that it, even Dave before he got lost in the Bermuda Triangle on the plane um, said the same as me. It's not done how a normal anthology's done. You know how normally they do one story, then the next, yes. then one, then the next, and then they tie in. This yeah. one kept splitting between each story, so it'd be like a bit of one story, bit of the next, back to that story, then another story, ah. then it'd go back to the second story, then back to the fourth story, and I really didn't like it, because you were thinking about that one story, and you, yeah. you know, it was getting good, you were like, yeah. and then it'd cut out to the next bit, which was bollocks, it was boring, you know, just exposition, people talking shite. <laughs> How many Yorkshiremen did it lose for that? It lost two. I'll give it three Yorkshiremen yeah. out of five. Oh. It, otherwise, it, it was it's a solid anthology movie. It's good. I would have given it five, to be honest with you. It's brilliant. So, so yeah. Well, the best anthology movie I've seen recently is Southbound. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I did like it a lot. But I, I, I liked the Tales of Halloween as well. I thought that was yeah. a brilliant anthology movie. Yeah. What's it, her name from The Fog? I can never say her name. You can uh, say it. Adrian Babo. That's it, yeah. 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 <coughs> yes, yes, very good. Um, Southbound was really good, though. I really enjoyed that. It's, I think it's the middle tale where the girl gets run down and the guy that run her down, he um, he, he hums and has about picking her up and yeah. then he decides to take her. To the hospital. And, and the whole scene in the hospital and what transpires. Yeah. There, it's, oh. It's I like the uh, the uh, design of the creatures at the beginning. Oh, the, the Reapers. Or yeah, they're really called. weird yeah. and cool. I really like the look yeah. of them. I actually watched, I watched two movies last night. One of them is my, oh no, sorry, I've got t two more movies to mention now that I've watched over the past week and then I've got my recommendation for people to watch. Sure. I'm going to go for, Fe have you seen Fear Inc? That's something I watched the other day. And I, I, no. I, this isn't my recommendation, but I'm recommending to you, to Jason, me. that you should watch I'll it. I'll take it under your recommendation. It's um, basically a bloke who's, uh, he watches, like us, watches a lot of horror and reads a lot of horror and he, he's getting a bit immune to it. Things aren't scaring him. He takes his girlfriend on like, um, 
days out to haunted houses and he knows where everything is. Like That's he'll romance. Walk, yeah, he'll like walk around the corner and he'll scare the burker. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how good he is, kind of thing. So he he's at the this haunted house with his girlfriend. And this uh, weird bloke comes up to him and gives him a card. And he says, "This is fear in Gringham. They'll scare you hundred percent." So he rings him up. He's got he's got his friends over. His best friend and his uh, his wife. So they're all having drinks and his missus gets in the bath and he leaves his two best friends outside. So he rings for your ink, but they're all like, don't do it kind of thing. It, it, they're weird, those have heard about him. But obviously him being a thrill seeker, he thought, oh, fuck you guys. So he rings him and all he gets on the phone is, is, oh, sorry, tickets are sold out. So he thinks nothing of it. So then people start breaking into his house, but he thinks it's all fake. He's like, it's oh. quite funny. He, it, <laughs> it, it is really funny the way it is. It's, it's not, it's, we'll talk about this a bit. It's a bit of a stealth horror uh, at the same time, kind of thing, because it's he's funny with it, because like he sees his neighbour get gutted in the front garden, and he starts laughing. He thinks it's hilarious. He's like, <laughs> "Bill, that's the best prosthetics I've ever seen." It's so, it is really good. Like, and yeah, but obviously, I want, I'm not going to spoil it. Things transpire, whatever, and honestly, the ending is ah, oh, yeah, just watch it. Will You'll it like haunt it. me? No, 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 it's it's nothing too disturbing. Will it mildly unsettle me? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's quite. Um, yeah, and the the next movie I actually watched last night, and it's by I think I'm pronouncing his name right. The guy who directed Jeepers Creepers is a Victor Salva. Oh yeah. Yeah, he yeah. Well, we've been through Victor Salva before yeah. here. He uh, he's a convicted pet pedophile. Yeah. Uh, he uh, molested the boy from Clown House. Was it? Did he? <laughs> Yeah, he shouldn't laugh, clown. Yeah, it's uh, so well. Anyway, it's Rosewood Lane. Um, Rose McGowan is that how you pronounce it? Oh, last Rose name? McGowan. Yeah, he, she got she um f- uh, gets a call. Her dad's dead. He, she goes there and he's at the bottom of the basement, all mangled. He's been well. He's fell. If no one can see, well, obviously no one can see. But I'm doing quota- air quotations. He's fell down the stairs. So like a year passes and she moves into his house because she can't sell it. And basically. I'm not going to say much more about it. All I'm saying is the paper boy's an evil fucker. Oh, I caught the end of it at a friend's. Yeah. There's the twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's oh, yeah. not a bad movie, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know what I mean? It's, gee, see, I'm a fan of Jeepers Creepers. That's yeah. why I watched that for. And, I, I, and Clown House is a good film, despite its dark. <laughs> Yeah, you watch it and you think, oh, poor poor kid. But you're just like, <laughs> he's a good actor. you got to hand yeah. it to him. Yeah, yeah bless. but yeah, like, I thought film, I'm not condoning what he done, by the way. Mind people. you, though, with what Corey Feldman's come out with recently, you think about it, you know, the way that all the kids were passed around yeah. Hollywood and things yeah. like that, you know? It's very disturbing stuff, yeah, isn't very, it? Yeah, like, very disturbing stuff. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was good. It was, it's generic kind of thing, you know what I mean? Apart from the end, the end twists, it is, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'll say it. I didn't really like the twist at the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the paperboy's really creepy because he's got mm. this disease where his um, the colour in his eye didn't form, so his eyes are all black. Ugh. Like, so he's just got black eyes, and he uses it to his advantage because he's like, you can see yourself in my eyes, kind of thing. And he starts creeping Rose McGowan out. He um, who ac- actually out. has just had her sex tape leaked for any uh, male she- viewers. Yep. Yeah, for any me- I'm not look- watched it yet because I've got a beautiful girlfriend at home. But for any of you single viewers, like me? our friend Jason here, thank you. Watch Santa. it and then relay back to me what happens. The stuff. I actually, I, I saw Rose McGowan at a Conan panel at New York Comic Con really? years ago, along with um, Stephen Lang and Jason Momoa. Stephen all, Lang. All they're all very charming people. Yeah. And Rose McGowan in front of an audience of nerds, freely admitted to have never seen the Star Wars films. <gasps> 
I bet that went down like it. Girl's got bricks. balls. I've got respect for it. To yeah, say you that. got it. Girl's she, got balls. She, Rose McGowan went out with Marilyn Manson, didn't yeah. she? If I'm right. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. So, yeah, she's got to have balls. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's where she was, oh, she was paparazzied with the famous backless dress, and there was literally no back to this dress. Yeah. Right down to the crack of her ass. It's a very famous photo back then. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, to... But apparently, I think it was the Nine Inch Nails tour that they went on where um, I think someone died briefly on the tour, you know, God. but was resuscitated. Well, that's why she ended up splitting from Manson. Don't don't quote me on that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean that was the rumours because it, 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 was, it was the tour that it, apparently it was a party hard tour. You know, it was... You can like, imagine back then. You, you think at the time... Oh, yeah. They, they were like huge, mid, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mid, mid, mid to late 90s. Yeah, the, yeah. The, that was like portrait of an American family, innit? Yeah, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Antichrist superstar. Yeah, well, Antichrist superstar. And things like that. Mm. I, so I, I think I'm, I've seen him three times. Two times he was really good, Manson. Oh, but the third time was at the Download Festival, I think, in 2009. I've really, I've, always, I've been a huge fan since I was young, like, of Manson, but I've never been able to go get around seeing him. Every time he tours, something's happening, like, when you know, I've got no money or whatever. Oh, or yeah. It's, it's, twice I've seen him indoors, and he's, no, actually, the first time I saw him was 2001, the Reading Festival. Yeah. And he was on directly before Eminem on the Sunday Well, they're night. mates, aren't they, Manson and Eminem? Well, he actually came on. And, yeah. Um, duetted with that's that's the way I am or something. I don't know Eminem. Brian Warner. That's, yeah. that's what we'll and call him. The funny Brian. thing is, <laughs> when Manson stood behind Eminem, he just towered over him. Yeah. And he, he em- drowned him Eminem's out quite short, isn't he? I, I don't know, but, but it has to be said, Manson had a powerful voice back then. And then um, I saw him, I think it was about a year, two years after yeah. that in Emian Arena. He was brilliant then. I think that was the golden age of the grotesque tour. But by the time it come to 2009, when I saw him, he was directly below Slipknot on the Saturday in the two, think on the 2009 download bill. Right. And apparently he was going behind the drum riser uh, yeah. to get oxygen all the time. But and bearing in mind, I'd seen him twice before. He'd blown blow me away both times before. I remember turning to a friend and saying, he sucks balls today. Fuck. He, was, he, was, he just wasn't good. No. Today, you know, and uh, I, Apparently, you know, he's 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 pulled his act together. His his recent album, The Pale Emperor, very good album. Yeah. Um, he's gonna be star he's starring in the third season of Salem. Salem. He's a bar barber, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, the fun that I went to the Salem panel when I was at New York Comic Con this yeah. year. Um yeah, they had the two leads there, Janet Montgomery and ja- Janet Montgomery, very, very nice lady. And Shane West, um, again, very Janet Montgomery in the she done The Hills Run Red, which I can firmly advise. And she also That's the one with the Ties the barbed wire around his head, the, the doll. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. No, he, um, the opening sequence is him is chopping his Cutting face his off. Cutting his face off, baby face, they call him, which is also good film. Of a, of a very bad 70s porn film, or a very good one, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> classic porn. Classic uh, porn. Classic porn. Yeah, Jason <laughs> just done a cliche finger point and trigger classic with the porn. film. <laughs> and, um, oh, God, where was I going with that? <laughs> with, oh, and she also starts stars in Wrong Turn 3. And yeah, yeah, she's the um, because there's the four campers at the beginning. Right, three of them get killed. She she actually survives the entire film. Janet Montgomery, 
in that. Well played, yeah. Janet so, Montgomery. So she's paid her dues. She's made some one dodgy low budget horror in Wrong Turn Three. Oh, I got a soft spot for them. And The Hill Run Red, I would always recommend. It's good film. Fantastic. Good film. It's got really some good film. Good ideas in it as well. Yeah. William Sadler as the bugger yeah. film director. I always remember William Sadler from episode one of Tales from the Crypt. Was it? That's William Sadler, isn't it? The, the um, executioner. Oh, the ex- I, I remember I've watching that on VHS. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. I've never. I've, I don't remember VHS. But back in the day, Chad, we used to have to put coal into <laughs> the side of our machines and wait until enough sunlight come through to put the picture on the wall. I watched it on the horror channel. That's pretty. That's pretty low, bro. <laughs> yeah, they're not showing them on the. Oh man, I, I, they're not showing them at the moment on the horror channel. No, no. Well, we got Earth: The Final Conflict. Oh my god, <laughs> that's just a horrible series. Alex, um, my, my girlfriend, for anyone who's listening, doesn't know that, has brought me all seven se- seasons of Tales from the Crypt for Christmas. So I've got them. I can feel. A Tales from the Crypt Marathon coming on. Yep. Yes. We, we will review every episode. Every episode. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. I don't really know where we were going with that. We just, we just sort we of got off went, track, haven't we? We, we? Went, we went Way off, off track. Way off on a tangent. Um, so, do you have any, like, you, like something that you've seen lately, your sole recommendation that you'd tell everyone to go see? Well, well, I'd, I'd, I'd hardly recommend, I mean, Darling's a recent film. That's yeah. Like, that's that's only come out recently. I mean, I, I I really enjoyed that. And Jugged Face, I've missed for a while, and I finally got around to watching it. I think it was on Monday, and I really enjoyed Jugged Face. Um, th- they're the slow build horrors. Right. It, um, they're not for your fan of your traditional mainstream like jump scare f- things and all that. They're for the slow build up, um, especially more with Jugged Face. Yeah. Um, because. Darling's more of a traditional horror. You know something bad's going to happen in Darling. And even though Jugface has got supernatural elements, they're very normal in it. Um, at no point are they kind of scared of the supernatural. It's all accepted. It's almost like it's almost like a part of their everyday life. And I, I think this is what makes them endearing because everyone who plays these, these backwards people, um, none of them are played as a cliche. You know, it, it, it would have been easy to play them as dumb rednecks. Right, you, you you get a sense of their community, their <laughs> culture, and everything. And it, it, it <laughs> you see, I've never met any backwoodsmen, so I've got nothing to draw it on. But I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't get the feeling that you were seeing a parody or, or right. at any point that they were making fun of them. And you know, they were showing them as well-rounded human beings, which you know it, it endeared me to the film, made me care about them. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So, how many Yorkshiremen's out of five for Jugface would you give it? I'd give it a four, a solid a four. Four yeah. Yorkshiremen's. That's yeah. like that's like a Patrick Stewart. Oh, yep, yep, definitely. For anyone that listens Engage. to our podcast and thinks Patrick Stewart isn't from Yorkshire, he was from Hull. We googled it. There we go. And that is a magical land. And do you know why he hasn't got an accent? Go on. He will say himself. Acting. Fab, well played. Acting. Which brings me to my recommendation. Now we're going on about Patrick Stewart. Um, my recommendation is something I watched last night and I fell in love with straight away after Jason's been recommending it to me for God knows how long. But it's called, it's 1985, Toby Hooper, Life Force, Naked Space Vampires. That's all Jason's ever said to me. Those three words. And I watched it and there was definitely Naked Space Vampires in it. Yes, I um, I saw it back in VHS in the day, but my first memory of Life Force, I think, because... We, we can't remember when he was 82 or 84, but I was sat in Hollywood Town Doctor's Waiting Room reading a Sunday supplement. Right. And it actually had an interview with Matilda May, who would go on... She is the space vampire in it. She, one, she's French, isn't she? No, she's British, Matilda May. Oh, right, I'm sure I read somewhere she was French. Um, I, I, don't know, I'm, I don't know, but I know she's appeared in a lot of 
French film. She also appeared in, I think it's Biggest Lunas, right. uh, a Spanish director. He, he's famous for making like um, it, uh, sex comedies, but, but right. good-natured ones. You know, um, a bit like Spanish carry-on films, you might say. And right, okay. At one point, he said Matilda May had the most perfect boobs in the world, which I wouldn't want to argue with, you know. But um, I remember reading the interview with Matilda May, and she was saying how... She got the role in Life Force, and she was only 17 when she got the part. And basically, they, they had to do a screen test of her naked, and it was actually used in the film. Right. You know, it wasn't just like, you know, she felt, you know, oh, my God, this is just some dirty old men. They actually used, apparently, the screen test in the film, you know. So it was in there, you know. It, it was just a, a great film. I can't believe I put off so long. And you know what the weirdest thing about it was? It didn't feel like a Toby Hooper movie. Yeah. It was like, you know, like when you watch, when you say Toby Hooper, a lot of people even think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist. Yeah. But like I watched it and I all, I was just thinking, this is, th this is really good. But then again, like those are good movies. So you can expect that from Toby Hooper. Well, though. Well, it's, it's the thing which I, I, I always say about Life Force, people put it, oh, it's a B movie. It's, it's not, it's a great film. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's got great music. It's, it's acted well. It's got great special effects. It's a three it's got it's a three act film as well, yeah. you know, and the film goes places. I mean, uh, the the um, oh god, I was going somewhere with that. Yeah, Toby Hooper. Um, it was one of three. He, he had a three picture deal with Canon Films, right? And with which he made Life Force, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, and the remake of Invaders from Mars, right? Which I can heartily recommend the remake of Invaders. I was from gonna Mars. watch that last night, but I was like, <laughs> it's it's a. I'm, I mean, I love the. I, Thing. I'm pretty sure the original Invaders from Mars was the first science fiction film made in colour. I'm pretty right. sure. Um, although, please correct me if I'm wrong. But the Toby Hooper remake has some great ideas in it. Um, uh, uh, Karen Black's the female lead. Um, the effects, the, 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 um, the way the Martians are done, and it's all prosthetics back then. Yeah. And they're giant suits for... I, I will only call them potato Martians for now, for the rank and file. <laughs> it's... it's th th they... They look brilliant, but it's the fact that the um, I think part of the subplot in that is that they need copper um, to, to to power their weapons. Right. So so when the humans get hold of the weapons, they're putting nickels in it. The American coin, the nickel, you know, yeah, which yeah. has got a high copper content, and it it, it it kind of aped the video game craze, which was at its height. You know, having to put yeah, the, yeah. one nickel in the machine to get it going. So they're putting coins into the back of the aid of, of the machine guns to get them to fire. Yeah. You know. It's um, and the actual head alien in it, which is this giant brain tongue, that's the only way I can describe it. Again, fantastic puppet, you know. And Toby Hooper made it. I'll, I'll have to watch that. Def I'll be, that's been on my watch list for a while as well. Loaded colours, wonderfully colourful. We'll, we'll go back to my recommendation now, and uh, I'll, I'll give a bit of the synopsis away. They're not like traditional vampires in Life Force, are they? They actually suck the life force out of you. It's yeah. Not they don't bite you or anything like that. But yeah, it's. Just honestly, it's definitely. I'll, I'll do it. I'm going to go for it. I'll give it five Yorkshiremen out of five. Chad, I love you. That's that. That's it. That's a Sean Bean. That is yep. straight up. I dare say, if Sean Bean was old enough, he would have been in Life Force. I uh, probably died as well. He probably would have died in I'd Life Force. I come back as a space vampire. Yeah. Um. You know what I did get there? You, you can tell me this. Uh, you know the the creatures I'm going to call them at the end you know when they get the life force uh, like sucked out of him that goes in the sky or like, uh, to oh the ship. yes yeah are they vampires or zombies because they're biting people and like ripping people apart and I what, what, what the humans become after but because they get infected don't they right um and it's a, 
you see it in the first case. It's the first person she she drains is the surgeon, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, she drains him and he turns into the husk, and then, or is it the security guard? No, the security guard, isn't it? And then he drains someone else. Yeah, he drains the doctor, who's trying to do the autopsy yeah. on him. The um, pathologist, isn't it? Yeah, and it's um, if they don't get the next hit, they just desiccate, don't, oh, well, they? don't they? Yeah, yeah, they have to go. But it looks like if they're at the uh, initial stage or something, they they don't die. They just they're just very very skinny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, yeah. you know who I like. He's one of my favourite movie badasses now. It's Colonel Kane. Colonel Kane. He's such a, like when that the, the one of the main vampires who I seen his penis last night in Life yeah. Force was standing at the top of the stairs and he's like, "Come closer." And he's like, "Don't mind if I do." And he stabs him with yeah. the knife. Like, I was like, "Guys, a fucking badass." It. Yeah, it was so funny when he said it because it was like you could tell like it was like. The British accent was a bit forced. Pete, um, no, he's yeah, but the guy who plays him, Peter Firth. Yeah, no, yeah. he is British, yeah, but you yeah. could tell it. He was, he was yeah. like the British accent was a bit. Colonel Kane yeah, from the SAS. Yeah, it was like really like a, th- a fake British accent, and he was like, "Oh, don't mind if I do, old chap." And he walks forward and stabs him with his evil space cool. Yeah, oh, it was so funny, and I like honestly, like, even now I put up an Instagram post last night. That's a little thing. Everyone wants to follow me on Instagram now. Only joking. Uh, I put up last night. and I said he's definitely one of my favourite movie badasses, just because yeah. that one scene. Well, and and it stars Patrick Stewart. It does. A, quite a young Patrick yeah, Stewart, yeah, really, isn't it? Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah he, he, he um he gets sort of put the 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 vampire can switch bodies, can't she? Yeah, yeah. She yeah, goes yeah, into yeah. him. She, she um, but the um he ends up dying. Spoiler halfway through. But it's the the um the, the head vampire lady forms a blood. Yeah, a blood golem from Patrick Stewart's and someone else's body. Which that's good effects as yeah. well when and the head just swirls like and forms. Yeah, and yeah. P- Sir Percy, that's who it is, isn't it? He's yeah, the other dead body. Yeah, because yeah. the room starts spinning as he snaps his neck. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's a good, great film. Definitely recommend. That's five Yorkshire out of five. One of Toby Hooper's best films. I'd even go as far as saying yeah. it's brilliant. I can't believe I put off for so long. Yes. It has a lasting appeal. It does, right? I want to get on something that we've been dying to talk about for ages, and that I'll let I'll let Jason explain it. But that's stealth horror. So can you explain right, it? Um, stealth horror, or what makes a horror film? Because you, I mean, plenty of times you've gone to the cinema and you, something's been built. This is a police thriller. This is a romance, and you walked out and thought that was messed up. Yeah, and um, I, I, I suppose it's covering films like, I mean, f- um, you looked as up seven on um, IMDb. Yeah. You, and it's got, was it police thriller? Crime thriller. Crime thriller. Seven is not a crime thriller. No. Seven is about the evil of mankind. Exactly, that film. Evil in its pure sense. What's in the box? What's in the box? But yeah, it's, it's a sen- it uses a lot of the horror film tropes. Yeah. Again, um, Black Swan. Yeah. Uh, an Oscar-winning film for Natalie Portman. That film is creepy as fuck. I went to see it in the cinema. Right for the first th- for the first third of the film, I was watching it. I'm thinking this is just some art house film about a ballerina. Yeah, I know they put themselves through crap, but really, the next third, oh yeah, right, she's losing her beans here. You know, yeah, this, yeah. this is quite unnerving. Showing, and I mean, and if if, if anyone truly appreciates being, I, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to never been around someone who's going through a full front mental breakdown yeah. but I can't imagine it being a nice experience and and it's it's the fact that you see Natalie Portman's character is being pushed this way and that by everyone yeah. else and being driven and y- you can see reality starting to unhinge for her 
and then the last third of the film, and especially the performance piece. And I remember watching it in the cinema, and and I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of ballet, and I don't see that as oh, you know, I just it's something I don't get. But the way in which Darren Aronofsky filmed it, and he was yeah. in amongst the ballerinas and the hallucinations and everything like that, I was absolutely captivated by it. But it was it was also simultaneously very unnerving. Yeah, yeah, you know? I agree with that. That's very you know, I, and it, it's it it. I mean, I, it, it it obviously got Natalie Portman her Oscar, which she rightfully deserved for that film, you know, because yeah. it was a hell of a performance. But I, I, I just think that, I mean, not to have it included in the horror category is is a great disservice to it, but because it does a supremely well job of horrifying people. Well, I've, I've got a couple of um, movies written down here that, are, like, I'd class... I wouldn't say they were... Some of them, I'd say, was, were, were, was a bit horror... But there's like like bits in movies like what are horror, but the rest of the movie isn't. Like for example, Train Spotting. It's not a horror movie, but that scene with the baby did that not freak you out? Yes, but have you ever been around a lot of smack addicts? It's a pretty no. horrifying situation. Well, I'll give you, you know. that. I'll give you that. One hour photo with Robin Williams. Very good psychological horror. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's classed as just a thriller on IMDb, yeah. which I think it's fucking creepy movie. You know what I mean? And it, I, I think the best thing about one hour photo is when you get to the end and when Robin Williams breaks down. Yeah, and it, it's, it's the kind of um, it, it's. It, it's something which I, I think marks a good horror film is that when you learn what drives the villain, or, or and I say villain, I'm making the air quotation marks <laughs> now, is that they've been a victim themselves. And you can obviously see that there's something buried in Robin Williams' character. Yeah. And it, that, that, that kind of makes your heart go out to him. Yeah, yeah. But because... I, I, I mean, I, I know he's obsessed with the family in it, but he also sees the um, the husband's infidelity and he tries to put a stop to it. And he's trying to save that perfect... What he sees, obviously, is a perfect family yeah. because he probably hasn't had one, you know. I mean, I mean, granted, he's looking from the, the outside in, but from what you can gather at the end of the film, it, does it all turn out well or is that just in his imagination, you know? Again, you know, it... You know open to interpretation well exactly yeah like yeah. goddamn black mountain <laughs> <laughs> um i also got 127 hours because he had to cut his own fucking arm off of a pen knife i've never seen it i've never seen it but he starts to cut his own Danny arm. Boyle film though makes the list yeah it is yeah um I, I got i don't know if you watched it we went on about this last time actually i'll talk about this one scene first and then we'll go back to this movie the willy wonka boat ride well, I saw that as a child. Wow, <laughs> that shit is creepy. I uh, watched it the other day because obviously I've got a, um, a little lad now. Well, you know, Jace, for viewers, I've got a son. Uh, and I thought, oh, we'll watch Willy Wonka. I watched that as a kid. And when that scene came on, I was like, fucking hell. It's dark. Like the imagery you see in the background of when he's singing is just so dark and um, unpleasant, unnerving. Sorry, um, how many kids' films, though, have truly dark subject matters? Well, like, there's another one on this list, sorry, Monster House. Have you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah, I, luckily I went to see it in the cinema. When his wife dies and they bury her in cement, it's just fucking hell, and they find, they find the, the skeleton in that, and, he's, and the films are 12, like, yeah. you'd let a 12-year-old watch that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's un, unreal. Um, we need to talk about Kevin. Have you seen that yet? I've never got, I haven't got around to watching it. Good so. movie. That's yeah. just down as a thriller, but the build-up and yeah. then the execution at the end, no way. It's a straight-up horror. It's yeah. a lot like one-hour photo. Mm. Like, you've got that unnerving build-up and then the grand finale, and it's... 
Well, a, 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 again, which is um, quite a lot of modern mainstream horror yeah. is going for the jump scare, is going for the flashy special effects. Uh, but watching a film like Darling, um, and again with something like... I, I, I was lucky on Halloween to see um, Psycho with a live orchestra, and the build-up to the shower scene, and you, you've got to think, it's about 45 minutes, yeah. and all the way through where you're following J- Janet Leigh's character, Marion Crane, yeah. it, it's a masterclass in paranoia. She's convin- convinced everyone's after her because she's stolen this money. And then to arrive in the motel and to still have her paranoid and then to suddenly throw it around and have mother turn up and knife her is just, it's horrible. You know, it, it's, it's um, I, I don't know, a horrorgasm. All that build yeah. for a quick blow. Horrorgasm. Horrorgasm. Yeah, I like that. We'll use that more. Trademark it. <laughs> TM. We're going to put TM on that shit. You know, and... Um, an, an, an awful lot of again mo- modern horror. I'm making the air quotations of popular mainstream horror is 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 blowing its its horrorgasm early or in the wrong phrase. Yeah, it's it's it, it's not giving it's not getting the audience to that that true place where they need to be to be completely unnerved. You know who the biggest fiend for that is? And don't get me wrong, I I love some of his movies. James Wan, he is. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, he, I mean, I mean, he's someone who. Who kind of really does understand the jump scare, though? Yeah, I mean, uh, but there's no need to put that much jump scare in <laughs> one movie. If you're good at it, though. Yeah, true. <laughs> like Insidious, like Alex watched it waiting for me, which is very rare. Yeah. Like Alex doesn't normally watch horror movies about me, so she was like, "Watch this, it's wild, scary." And I was like, "Oh, it's a James Wan film. It's just going to be bing," and me going, "Oh, fucking hell!" You know what I mean? It's. I remember watching it with. Um, it was one of my friends and his missus. And we had the lights turned off halfway through. We turned the lights on. All it's of us it's going, a creepy oh, film, yes, to be it, fair. It, it, it does its job wonderful. Definitely. You know, and it keeps you on edge. Did you like the second one? See, I really enjoyed the second one. I I, I liked it the way that it developed. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, he, 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 he sowed the seeds for the second one in the first film. Yeah. And the way in which they defeated the bride in black by removing the memories, I thought it was a very clever solution. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, 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 was, it was a well-thought-out story. You had cause and effect. You know, and I was just gutted that Insidious Three didn't carry on from there. Well, I was, yeah. Where you see Lynn Shay look over the girl's shoulder towards the camera and just, you know, she's a ghost and she's scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh my lordy lord. But I wonder why they've done that if it, they've just gone on and done something else. See that that really makes me think. Uh, I think I, will yeah. there be a, a four, maybe a spin-off? I hope so. Maybe. But, but the um, oh, it was the um, it was one of the. Who were the two Ghostbuster lads that are with Lynn Shay's character? One of them w- directed the third film, and he's the actual screenwriter. Right. Not the guy with the beard, because I, I should remember names. But the guy with the beard, he's Australian. And he actually... Well, bl- those two were in a film called A Hundred Bloody Acres together, weren't they? Yeah, yeah I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, I've not watched it. I've got, yeah. I've got it. It's it's okay. It's, um, it's a good... Austra- I mean, uh, Australian... Are they both Australian, then, yeah? I don't know, actually. All I know is the guy with the beard's Australian. Right. Um, I, I, sh- I should learn his name because he's the um, he's a Morton Joe's doctor. Right. In Mad Max Fury Road, you, you had a baby boy, perfect in every way. <laughs> he's brilliant in that. Giving birth on a battle truck. That's well, that's well, what I actually say. Giving birth, he just chopped the baby out of a womb. You know. <laughs> See the Mad Max films should be horror films. Yeah, there's some, some like yeah. No, I agree with you on that one. They're quite then dark. Again, though they make the apocalypse fun, don't they? You get yeah, to drive around. Seeing the turner in a dome, you know I'm there. Now, an, a stealth horror film 
is if you ever get the chance to see the survivalist what's the synopsis on that one it's basically it's how to make the apocalypse not fun no <laughs> no and um it's 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 basically about a guy who lives out in a shack in the woods and, the, and practically all of the film is in this shack in the woods and you know it's a grim film that but I mean, everything he's doing in it obviously is is survivable. He pisses on all his plants because you get nutrients from them. But you know, it's kind of grim that when he's shaking himself off from having a piss, he decides to basically have a quick shifty. You know, what? and y- you know it's grim at that. As you do. And um, but it's it's a horror film, and uh, don't don't be put off by the by the shifty thing. I mean, I mean that that isn't that isn't graphic at all. Yeah. It's just the film isn't all just wanking. No, no, he's just it shows how desperate he is. But yeah, it's 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 one of those films where if if anyone has any ideas about a zombie apocalypse being fun, I mean, yeah, it's fun bashing that bashing the zombies' heads in. But you've got to feed yourself. You've got to get clean water. You've got to find food. It's a horrifying situation. You gotta watch watch your loved ones die as well. Yeah, that yeah, that's what, or even worse, you gotta eat your loved ones. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and not in a good way. <laughs> if we're going on the apocalypse um, route, I'm gonna say the road. Have you seen that? Oh, you see, you see, I've never seen that, and you know, I've been put off it. It makes fun. the apocalypse not fun. It I'd, does. I, it makes it very sad. I'd like. I, I mean, from you see, from I, I've got a friend who's seen both of them. And right. The survivalist is very much in the mold. Of the road, right. you've got roving bands of cannibals, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the road, I because it's Vigo Mortensen, yes. and yeah, at least they're on as well. Yeah, yeah. Another Fury Road connection there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I liked it. I really did enjoy yeah. it. But I watched it with Alex, and she hated it. She yeah. hated it. I can it. understand why from what yeah. I've heard about it. Like f- from from like like, but she's not into cinemas as much as me and you. You know what I mean? We 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 uh, appreciate like. The cinematography and yes, stuff the like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, but she was watching God, it, that- and she was like, "It's just about cannibals and a poor little boy." And I'm like, "But have you seen the shots that they do?" You know what oh I mean? God, look at the way the cleavers yeah, entering that head. Exactly. It's poetry. Look at the special effects, Alex. Now, yeah, but she she didn't enjoy any of it. She was I, like, I just couldn't really understand sad. that completely. Yeah, um, yeah, that the. the uh, yeah, th- those type of films that don't make the apocalypse fun. I, t- I tend to avoid them because I think if the end of the world should be fun, but it, let's face it, it's not going to be fun. Well, can you name any more uh, films that make the apocalypse fun? Fun? Oh, God. We've got Mad Max. Not, not, not Mad Max. Night of the Comet. There we go. Oh, is that, that's, the com- that's the one where um, that when she, the cinema, the, she sleeps with a bloke yeah. in the cinema, yeah. and when she comes out the black, uh, back door, there's a um, there's a, a black guy, and he's yeah. in a red hoodie, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's really good. I enjoyed that a lot. It's got Beltram in an early role who played Chakotay in Voyager. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, the, it's 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 essentially a passing comet and vaporizes yeah. everyone, but people who only got mild exposure. I'd recommend that as well because yeah. that film's well good. Yeah. It's on Netflix yeah. if anyone yeah. wants to watch it. Yeah, Night of the Comet. Really they, good. They, they turn into kind of desiccated zombies. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. Everyone else is just dust, aren't they? Yeah, they just turn to dust. And then there's a girl that has a really cool. She has a Uzi, doesn't she? She's bouncing yeah. around with an Uzi. Yeah, I think that's the main character's sister, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, because she like goes to the shopping mall, doesn't she? Yeah, while awesome. everyone else is yeah. them yeah. out. Yeah. I don't know what I, I, I think it was because she slept with the guy 
in the, it, it was in like a projection booth. It was, yeah. Wasn't it lead line for some yeah, reason? Yeah, that was it. Because they, 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 yeah. they slept together in a lead line projection booth. Yeah. They survived. But he, no, he went out to do something, didn't he? And he got hit by the comet and she stayed sleeping, yeah, didn't she? Like yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, yeah. That film's just, that just like when she's like, oh, why didn't I get vaporized? And they're like, oh, the, the projection booth's lead line. And you're like, out of every projection booth in America, she slept in the lead lined one. I'll tell an, another one that makes the apocalypse fun the Omega Man. Never seen it. Charlton Heston. Now, it's a, it, it is essentially I Am Legend. Right. Um, the uh, Will Smith version was terrible. Will Smith was very good in it, playing Buggo, but the way in which they handle a lot of the film, no, not very good. I mean, um, the Omega Man is, is essentially the Charlton Heston retelling of I Am Legend. Right. And instead of them being vampires, the um, he, he he plays. I think he was a, a colonel in the army, and he was he was in the viral weapons research thing. And this 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 experimental plague gets loose. Now he manages to inject himself, so he's immune, and the plague kills off practically everyone else. And the people who don't die have a slow um, degradation, and they turn into albino mad cannibals. Right. Basically, that's why they can't stand sunlight in it. I want, I want to go back on something else, something I never picked up. So the the creatures in I'm Legend with Will Smith, they're vampires. Right. The original the original Richard Matheson book, he right. also wrote The Incredible Shrinking Man and things like that. Okay. It's, and it was actually filmed with Vincent Price, I think in 1962, yeah. as The Last Man on Earth, which George Romero cites as a major influence for Night of the Living Dead. And essentially, if you watch it, it's Night of the Living Dead with Vincent Price. That sounds amazing. 1962, Chadley, check it out. I'm going to check what's called. The Last Man on Earth. I'm going to watch it. And it's, I mean, for a 1962 horror film, it's grim. Any film would start with Vincent Price waking up, filling a shot glass full of whiskey, necking it, then going to his lathe to make steaks. Is yeah, I mean, I mean, and people tend to forget how much of a good actor Vincent Price was. He I was mean, the bollocks. And, and he, he is playing... For once of a term, he's fucked throughout. He, he he is emotionally and physically drained throughout the film. Yeah, and he, he, and it, it even has the bits where after he staked the vampires, he takes them out and throws them into a massive burning pit. But it it, it I mean it follows the book very closely, which I I, I could heartily recommend. I yeah. imagine by 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 Richard Matheson, it's a superb read. Um, but yeah, it's uh, essentially the um, in the Will Smith version. I uh, one of the things which put me off. I went to see it, but one of the things that put me off straight away was the director said, well, we don't have vampires. We've got Dark Seekers. Right, okay. Yeah, what are Dark Seekers, Chad? People who seek the dark? Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exactly sell the film to no. you, does it? You know, as we're in, in the original, I mean, why they never called it I Am Legend, I don't know, but right. you, you know, it, it is I Am Legend because it says in the titles, you know, it follows the book very closely. And in the Omega Man, the Charlton Heston film. It, it, it was part of his, his three big science fiction films um, that he made. You know, a, 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 all essentially stealth horror films as well. Ch Charlton yeah, Heston's yeah. science fiction film. I mean, in, in that, they're people who are dying from this plague, but they become crazed albino Luddite cannibals. Sorry, I forgot the Luddite bits. They are <laughs> technology. <laughs> that and sounds like a mouthful. And yeah, they, they're, but it's a genuine... Because he, he's rigged himself up in this townhouse. He's surrounded it with, like, halogen lamps, and he just goes out every day with his machine gun and his Jeep. In the Vincent Price one and the Charlton Heston one, is there a sad dog death in there? 
I, right, I can't remember the Vincent Price one. I've only seen it. I've got it on DVD, but I've only watched it twice. Right. I've, watched, I've watched The Omega Man countless times. And to be truthful, I don't actually feel sorry for Ch- Charlton Heston. That's why I put it at the fun side. He gets to run around in his Jeep <laughs> in his blue jumpsuit, gunning down all these evil mutants. Yeah. You know, let's face it, they deserve it. They do, they do. I, just, I was just saying, because a lot of people um, thought that the scene in I Imagine with Will Smith, the dog scene, was... Uh, Heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Jesus. That's actually from the book, that. Oh, but, really? But, but in the book, he finds the dog, and he, he spends a whole week trying to nurse the dog back to life, and it dies anyway. But the emotional impact in the Will Smith films even more because the dog's been with him for so long. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 again, I can't, fo- you know, hit ultimate film critic i can't for will will smith's performance is superb in that film when he goes into the um well it's the dvd store there yeah. he's talking to the mannequins, the mannequins you know, yeah. this is a guy that hasn't had human contact in in god knows how many years you know and that is played so well it's just the the the, the subtle bits in which they altered it and the the effects for the dark seekers were terrible you yeah know, they're really badly like cgi yeah you know it's it, it, that, that i mean i mean CGI is a tool that should be used when required. Yeah. I mean, they could have been done wonderfully with prosthetics, but I wondered how much of a rating it would have got if they'd have spooked them up a bit more. Well, like, I just think this day and age, right? I I know what you're saying, the the CGI should be used, but do not think like prosthetics and stuff looks a lot better? Like, you think they could have done, like, especially on the budget they were on, they could have just put people in some makeup yeah. and stuff and they would look the bollocks yeah i, I mean I, I i think part of the reason to get the rating down because they had to sell it to an audience didn't they a right, Smith yeah. film, they have to get the money back is that they didn't make them possibly as scary as they could i mean like wait till you watch the omega man and you see how creepy the albino mutants look yeah that. you know they look creepy the white eyes the white skin they wear these long black capes you know, hooded capes with sunglasses in the light. You know, it's it's. I mean, th- this is nineteen early seventies makeup. They still look creepy today, and the way they act, they look creepy. You find that sometimes, though, a lot of um, the makeup and stuff back in the eighties and that is ten times better than a lot of stuff you see today. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like, like Tom Savini special effects, but that, <laughs> that's the bollocks. Yeah, but uh, I mean, um, he he was based a, a lot of his gore makeup. He actually saw what happened, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was what, what was it? A war photographer in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, yeah. It, so it, it's he, he has a lot more experience than most <laughs> yeah. people. It, it's it's experience I hope I never have. Yeah. Right, um, we're version on the hour now, Jace. So I'll give you the honors on giving the final words for our beautiful viewers. Right, so this has been a pleasure, and hopefully um, we will be back a lot more. Um, I'm looking at the counting down, and remember, everyone, stay creepy.